This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 41, Q&A with Becky Squared, round two. All right, you guys know that we are a clean show. We are a clean show. We're a good time and we're a clean show <laughs> we are a fantastic time we're a good time <laughs> that sounded really... we are a great time <laughs> sorry you guys we really are a good time i think we're fun we have a good time we keep it clean and we know that a lot of you do listen with your kids sometimes. my kids listen i mean i just think yeah. that's awesome it is great having said that maybe um, not this one well no that's not true well this is what i likened it to as we were talking about this morning talking about it this morning is mm-hmm. you know when you're talking like with your girlfriends and your kids walk in and you kind of wish like hey this is mom time or I'm talking to my girlfriend and not that you're talking about anything bad but like you just want to be able to talk yeah. openly yeah uh, and so you want them to go play elsewhere so you might send them on a magical like pretend Aaron or <laughs> put on a movie so they will be Acapato. let's be clear let's be clear yeah. This episode that we are diving into is very clean, very appropriate, but you guys have asked us questions. This whole episode, anytime we do Q&A, is always going to be based on literally your questions, and you are giving us very good, very real questions, and we are going to give you very real answers. And so that's what we're talking about. It's just not the type of thing that it's not a kid conversation. It's let's talk woman to woman because that's most of you listening right Mm -hmm. and let's be real and keep it real and so we just want to give you a little fair warning that that is what this episode will be it's going to be a convo with girlfriends so if you're cool with your kids sitting with you as you openly chat with your friends okay then great we've warned you yeah there you go and now you know and the more you know okay listen before (laughs) we (laughs) the more you know what is that finish Uh, that sentence the more you know no is it just the more you know dot 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 well, and then the rainbow and the star. And the, mm, yes, you know, yes, yes. Like, listen, we're most of us grew up in the eighties and nineties, yes, right? Yes. It was at the end of Reading Rainbow, yes. I believe. Well, mm-hmm. it's the it was like between a lot of different things, yeah. wasn't it? I don't know. It's like I can't even remember. It's like I have a memory that's really shoddy. <laughs> it's like I'm tired. It's like I'm rambling now. So let's do this. <laughs> let's dive into the conversation. But before we do so, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. We all know that the sun is our friend and vitamin D is awesome, and we also know to be smart and take proper and protective precautions. I have a history of melanoma, so protecting my skin from skin-damaging UV rays has become, you guessed it, increasingly important, but I'm also really picky about the way products feel on my face. We found a product that we're both obsessed with, and like a good girlfriend, of course we want to be sure you know about it. The BB Cream from Shine Cosmetics is both protective against the sun's harsh rays and age spots. And it also gives me the even skin tone I'm always looking for while feeling like I'm not wearing anything at all. The BB cream has light buildable coverage that dries to a velvety matte finish and it lasts all day. I've recently discovered that it's also an awesome base layer on your eyelids before applying eyeshadow, which is really cool for longer lasting makeup that doesn't feel like it's falling off your face. This is now totally a part of my makeup routine. Head to shinecosmetics.com and order some BB cream samples for under $2 so you can find the color that is a perfect fit for you. Plus, check out their other stuff because we seriously love what shine cosmetics offers and how their products play a role in helping us look how we feel when you use the code becky at checkout you'll get 10 percent off your total purchase 
Okay, we gave you one quick disclaimer. Here's another one. <laughs> disclaimer number two. Disclaimer number two. No, this is a good one. So Becky and I asked on social media a little while back, like, hey, we're going to do another round of Q&A on the podcast. What questions do you guys have? And we want to acknowledge and actually just inform you that usually when it looks like when we ask this question is that we get half the questions are directly related to the topic that we talk about here every week, which is cultivating a good life. It's a very big umbrella. We can talk about everything related to cultivating a good life. And then half the questions come from those who really want to gain inspiration about the other part of the tagline that we have at BH, which is cultivate a good life and record it. And you guys know I have this super long history of memory keeping, documenting, scrapbooking, things like that. And so we acknowledge and appreciate that there are so many questions related to documenting of all kinds. And so what we decided to do is separate these out. So this episode is going to be Q&A all about cultivating a good life. And then the next time we do Q&A, which is going to come up here probably in the next few episodes or something, is going to be all focused on the questions that you are asking us about documenting and memory keeping. Sound good? I think it sounds great. Me too. I like that. All right, Yay. let's get into the questions that you guys have been asking us related to all the topics. And they really are all over the place. And that makes us happy because I love that's it. real life. Um, okay, the first person asked... Uh, advice for newlyweds. It wasn't even a specific question. She just wants advice for newlyweds. What's on your mind, Beck? Hmm. Okay. Well, advice for newlyweds. It's been a minute since we were both newlyweds. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. The first thing, and this was probably the biggest lesson I learned in my newlywed years of marriage, is I had to recognize that I had a specific communication style um, mm. that I was raised in that I learned um, as I was growing up. And for some reason, it never occurred to me that not everyone would communicate in that same way. What? I know. It was shocking. (laughs) And it also never occurred to me that my way of communicating could possibly not be the best way to communicate. And so recognizing that my communication style was totally unique to how I was raised and the person that I was and that my husband's also was a result of how he was raised and who he was. And then we had to kind of learn together how to communicate with each other in a way that was healthy for both of us. And that was personal to your marriage. Correct. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's your answer? Yes. Well, I have. Dang. In grand Becky fashion, I have several, (laughs) several answers. No, but that's a great way to start. I just want to just put a plug in for communication. It is literally everything. Communication is everything. And so I think that's solid advice. Well, and I had to learn how he communicated, how he received love, how he gave love, all those different things. So the whole communication thing, Mm -hmm. we kind of like had to relearn how to communicate together. Yeah. And I'm a much better person. Which is not a bad thing. Oh, no. Like you guys should be like if you really are in a newlywed situation or maybe your children are in newlywed stage of life, um, just make sure that you are having that open dialogue about it, but that you are celebrating it like look at how fun this is that we get to figure this out together right instead of making it like a you know a negative thing in your life well and that's basically the fun of the newlywed years is you're figuring everything out like I remember moving into our first apartment and it was hideous like it was we've gone back like itself oh my gosh it was like one room Uh and it was on the second or third floor and one it was like one big room with a room off of it that was the bedroom which was like the tiniest tiniest room you've ever seen and then one wall of the big room was the kitchen 
with like orange formica countertops. That's like, awesome. <laughs> and I thought it was the flipping Taj Mahal. Like I felt so oh proud gosh. of like our right? little apartment. Totally. That's like the fun part of newly being a newlywed is figuring things out together. Absolutely. That was so fun. And also apartments that are, you know. Hideous. But well, awesome. The hideous Hideously Taj Mahal. <laughs> awesome. I wish I had a picture of it. I don't even know if I have a picture of it. I'm so sad. I'm sure I do somewhere, but Aww. like I don't want to promise it in show notes because no, it's don't. probably in a large Rubbermaid tub of pictures that I haven't that dealt with yet. Rescued, that, that need I to be need rescued. That need to be rescued. Need a little BH intervention. It's fine. We'll get It's there. happening. But um, the other thing I want to say is to laugh because we all think we know how to do things the very best way, but like you have to realize you think that and so does your spouse. And we had a lot of opportunities in our early marriage to either laugh or cry. And you always have a decision whether you're going to turn it into a fight or just laugh. Laughing is the better way. Just laugh. It is the better way. But it's easy to not laugh because you do think that, I mean, you're in a brand new mm-hmm. relationship that's like the biggest deal of your life. And so everyone's yes. probably a little bit more... Well, and all your hopes edge. and dreams for our, especially girls, our whole life, we like dream about what our husband will be like and what our, you know, you dream about what that will look like and what marriage is. And I can assure you that it's totally different than what you think it's going to be. And it's totally better. <laughs> it but can it, be. It if can you totally be better. To think of it that way. You need to like let right? go of all the idealism of what you thought and just really participate in what is and work and grow together. Yeah. Keyword is work. Yes. It's also, not passive. have lots of sex. Yep. Lots and lots. Agree. Every time you can. Yep. That's what you need to do. <laughs> That's what you Laugh, need to know. Laugh, <laughs> communicate, sex. Boom. Well, listen, I mean, like, is there a reason why you're saying that? Yes. You and I both know plenty of people who probably, like, didn't make that a priority or don't make that a priority. And I think that it needs to be said. So don't hold back and just have fun. And like you said, laugh, communicate, communicate, you know, have lots of sex and also communicate about sex. Like make yes. sure that you're talking about like what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. Great. Go there. See, yes. we did it. Okay. That was the hardest part of the episode. That no, was, <laughs> that was it. No, it's going to get juicier. Okay. No, actually it really will. But we really did want to like not hold back from saying that because we are your friend. I yes. think, I mean, how much do we hear from people who listen, who feel less alone because they listen to the podcast? And we feel that friendship with you guys and that connection with you guys. And so we're just going to put it straight and say it as it is. Yeah. Um, my response to the question about wanting advice for newlyweds is to honor your individuality, but prioritize your unity. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. Want me to stitch it on a pillow for you? I really do, actually. Okay. That's so a good one. Here's, here's how I feel about that. And I can keep this short and sweet. You are a different person than your husband. You came from different upbringings, from different backgrounds. You've had different experiences. You have different interests. Just because you're a newly married couple does not mean that you have to or should see eye to eye on everything or Mm -hmm. share every interest. It is not only okay, but really imperative that each of you like hangs on tight to your individuality as well. Mm -hmm. And some It's not about meshing together and losing yourself in this relationship. It's about two people who are whole coming together in unity to form something greater that's exactly it's not right. two halves of the same whole i love the way that you put that that's what it is and individuality is so important obviously unity is like the most important like that's why you got married right you choose you choose this person well let's hope so well let's hope so you chose that person at one time and i hope that you wake up and choose that person every single day and in order to do that that's why I say honor your individuality, honor and respect each other's differences, opinions, interests, honor that. Be respectful, listen with an open mind, but also like your unity 
is the most important thing. So make sure that you you get to the same page. And the, the key here with all of this and to kind of tie a bow on the thought is you need to be very intentional about deciding what that looks like for your marriage. Mm-hmm. It will not look the same as someone else's marriage. So don't worry about what the books say and the other resources yeah. or the friends that you have. Just make sure that you have that conversation between the two of you and decide what does that mean in our marriage to honor our individuality but prioritize our unity. I love that because there is no gold standard of marriage. Like mm-hmm. there's people that work really well together because they've decided what works for them. And so you really have to not look at anyone else's marriage and just decide create what you want create what you want and do it together and have lots of sex and have lots of sex yeah (laughs) bing bang boom there you go the next question is both of you are balancing motherhood and work my question is how do you make time for you do you have any daily or weekly routines or rituals man that's a loaded question like it could be a full episode right okay so let's give them some nuggets okay so no one is going to make time for you. Um, I think as women, sometimes we get in this pattern of like, doesn't someone notice that I just need some time and they're going to give it to me? No. So it's going to sound harsh, but you need to take the time for you. Like take it, set it apart. Um, you need to voice your expectations. So if I'm feeling super, super overwhelmed, I will say to my husband, like, I just need three hours or whatever it is I need. I just need three hours. You have to be able to vocalize when you're in that place that you need time for you. That being said, I totally have daily and weekly things that I do for myself. Things I love to do, I love to hike. I love to go see movies if I like totally want to check out and not think about anything. I love listening to podcasts. I love traveling. I love doing a lot of things. So daily, weekly, now that my kids are all in school, it has become exponentially easier to have those times. Um, when I had young kids, it was a lot harder oh, to yeah. um, to create those moments where I could do the things that like really fill my cup. Is that the right word? Fill my bucket, fill my fill cup, whatever. Fill your cup, yeah. Fill my cup, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you have young, young children... I think it's the most important time when you need to vocalize what you need to make it a priority so it happens because you're not just going to fall on to these times where you're going to be alone. Yeah, absolutely. My answer, were you done with that? Sure. Okay. No, you have more? I always, no, you go. (laughs) I just, I think it's interesting that the thoughts that I had with that question, it's not like we discussed all of this ahead of time, you guys. We're just talking impromptu here. Um, My thoughts really... Um, are very similar to yours, Becky. And what I will add to what you've shared is that when you do vocalize your desires, like I, for example, I need a break or I need three hours or I need to step away or I, whatever, just can maybe we bring it down a couple of notches than maybe how we think we're supposed to express ourselves. So in other words, let me just paint a picture. Husband walks in from work. (laughs) I just just got a visual. visual. (laughs) I got a visual of some early years where I was like, take your children. I'll be back in an hour. Poor guy. No, I mean, okay. So thanks for, thanks for painting the picture. That's what I'm talking about. It was probably a lot more expressive than what you just did. Probably. Probably were tears, maybe some redness in the face, maybe smoke coming out of your ears. Okay. Right. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to illustrate here is maybe you can feel that way. Have the feelings. I'm never going to suggest that you suppress your feelings. What I'm suggesting is that in, in the name of good communication and good relationships, 
if that's the scenario, husband walks in from work, take a deep breath, take three deep breaths, look him in the eyes, kiss him for at least seven or eight seconds, give him a tight squeeze, a big hug, and then say, sweetheart, I need to step away. Use your calm voice and say, because I know that you love me, I thank you right now for supporting me. Peace out. Bye-bye. I love you. See you in a couple hours. But like kind of back it down a couple notches is what I'm saying. Because I feel like sometimes when we're in freak out mode, which you have all the permission in the world to be in freak out mode. You're a mom. You are juggling, right? And now this question specifically about working moms. Like, girl, we hear you. We feel you. We live that. We understand. And so have your freak out moments. I'm just suggesting that um, I think that it would be so amazing for our husbands to see us be able to have good a good handle on our emotions once in a while and just be able to articulate what we're trying to say without freaking out on him because it's not, quote, his fault. Mm-hmm. So, like, tone it down. The right? other thing I want to mention, too, is when, when you do take the time to step away, which stepping away shouldn't be something you have to, like – need every day where you come home and you're like I need hours without the kids like that's probably just not a reality with certain phases of your life but one thing I tried to be really good at which truthfully like I was not successful at in the beginning and had to like course correct is when I did take time away I had to make sure that it was time that was going to be leaving me in a better place when I got home Mm. so there's lots of reasons to be out of your house And having fun is totally one of those reasons, and that's a really good thing. But I needed to make sure that the things I was doing were really building me up and helping me to recharge. And maybe in the beginning, just perhaps, I was more focused on, like, escaping and having fun, and it didn't really necessarily recharge me when I got home. It just, like, I got to check out for a little bit. That's a good point. And so I tried to be more intentional about – Having fun's great, but you can also have fun and really recharge and come back better. And I had to focus my like time away when I had so little time away. I had to really be intentional with what I was doing with that time away. I think that's really important. And that's um, you know, something that we talk about a lot here at Cultivate a Good Life is intention, like really being intentional. So when you take just a moment to think about what Becky just said, really let that sink in and think about what that means for you personally because the escape can look very very different and you really can come back recharged from doing a certain thing or not so much with something else um to tie a bow on the question with my what what else i had to share is that it the key word in the question that was asked here she said um how do you make time for you i just want to just point out good for her because she said make and not find right you're not gonna find the time it is not magic It's not fairy dust that's going to sprinkle over your life. You have to make or create or cultivate the time. It's on you. And that will look different for different people. Um, And we've already given you some tools and talked about some things. But one more thing I will add is calendaring. Like whether you decide for yourself or you counsel with your husband or you counsel with your family and discuss like, hey, mom needs sanity. And the way I'm going to have it is Mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot. um, And you discuss these things. Put it on the dang calendar honor and respect your um, personal things and the personal time that you need the same way that you honor the dentist appointments and the meeting with the teachers. Yeah. You have to put it on the calendar. It's a cycle. I'm not saying because you'll forget. I'm saying it's a psychological thing. Right. You put it on the calendar, then you're saying this is important to me. Yeah. And then you gave examples. So I might as well just share just a few examples. My my rituals or routines. Um, I really enjoy and appreciate and prioritize a monthly massage massage therapy for me is I will say 
critical for my well-being. It's truly a time. It's not only good for my body and really works out kinks and muscles like nobody's business. And I have a great massage therapist I've seen for years, but it is like mental therapy. It is so cleansing for me. I, when I'm in therapy, I, we're quiet. I don't, we are not chit chatty. So I'm thinking, I'm pondering, I'm praying. I'm just using that time to really like connect with myself. And I really appreciate that. I don't shy away from taking, taking weekend naps. That is a priority to me. That's me time for sure. Um, weekly date nights with my husband. We're not perfect about it every week. We've talked about this. In fact, make sure that you um, check out the marriage episode, which I can't remember, but look back in the first, it's like the first five I think or it's ten. in the teens. Yeah. Okay. Well, we just said two different things. We've done a couple episodes about marriage. Yeah. Look it up. All right. You'll find it. Anyway, make sure that you're prioritizing date night with your husband if you can do that. And then I also just want to give a little shout out to car time. Car time has become mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. Yeah. When my kids are in the car, that's different. We're talking, listening to music. We've talked about that here on the show too. But when I'm by myself, I really, really, I just, you won't hear me complaining about driving in the car by myself. And Becky and I were just talking about this recently. Like, we'd be happy to take a road trip by ourselves. Heck yes. Because, oh my gosh, the learning, the listening, the music, the time the time for yourself to listen, to quiet, to be still, to ponder. Yeah. I just think that we can have a better attitude about car time if we are intentional with it. And that is part of me time. All right. The next question is actually kind of related. Overcoming mom guilt of working full time and not being able to do all the things for our families because the comparison that sucks us in can be a lot. Heavy stuff. Mom guilt's very real. It is. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I just want to say Becky and I, as we were going over these questions, talked about this one a lot. And so we're going to touch on it. But really, I think we're going to make this question an entire episode Um, because mom guilt guilt, Mm -hmm is a real thing comparison you also touched on is a real thing none of which are conducive to a healthy state of mind or happiness right Mm -hmm. none of us want to do the mom guilt the first thing i want to say is you can't do all the things nobody does all the things it doesn't matter if someone is appearing to do all the things nobody can do all the things like whether you're working or not working working full-time part-time whatever the situation may be it is not possible to do all the things. And so don't ever have that expectation for yourself because it's completely unrealistic. It's Nobody also not worth it. aspiring to. No, you don't just can't. aspire to do all the things. And the people that are appearing to do all the things, I promise you, probably have things going on behind the scenes you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's all trade-off, right? Um, Always. Yeah. I have, I have had situations of, um, of mom guilt where I have had to miss things for my kids, whether I was working or um, traveling with my husband. Or, to be honest, I get mom guilt because I have four kids. I have missed, like, field trips or presentations for one kid because I had something for another kid. Like, there's just not a way to be at everything all the time. And what I have found is those times where I have had to miss things, where I do have guilt... um, it has actually been a really good experience for my children to not have me there. Let mm-hmm. me explain. I had one particular situation happen with my daughter. She had been working towards getting this award at school, and I could not be there. Like, there was nothing I could do about it. I could absolutely not be there, and I couldn't change it. And I was so upset, and my sister-in-law, as I was telling her how upset I was, was like, this is so good that she gets to experience you not being here because you've been there for 
most things in her life. And if you're able to, if you're there for everything, she never understands that that, what that takes and what that costs. And so she totally talked me through like how me not being there for Caroline was going to be such a good experience for her. And it was, it was such a good experience for her because I don't think before that it ever occurred to her that I couldn't be there for all the things. And we were able to have a really great conversation about it. She was totally fine. She will not be in therapy over this. We celebrated when I was home and when, um, when I could, and it ended up being a really great experience. And so I think sometimes as moms, we want to make our kids' lives perfect. We want to be there for everything and never have them experience disappointment. But really the fact that our kids know we're real human beings with real schedules and real things to do, and we cannot possibly do every single thing is also, I think, a really valuable experience for your kids to have. I agree. I agree. And like we said, we're going to, we really do feel inclined to do a whole episode on mom guilt. So I will keep my answer to this very short. Like this is probably my shortest answer of the list of questions that we're addressing today. I just want to remind you with all of the love in my heart, that guilt comes from the thoughts you're choosing to have. So if you, if you're feeling mom guilt, that is a feeling that comes from a thought and the thought is your choice. You do have that choice and you are choosing to feel and think that way. And I'm going Jody Moore on you right now as I mm-hmm. say that. But Jody, it's the tough love, but it is yeah. so true. And Jody Moore, you know, you guys have heard us bring her up a few times, but my goodness, she's just such a great resource for helping us understand the power that we have on our brains. It's really powerful. I'm not saying it's a it's a cure all, and we can we you know there's obviously real chemical things that are happening for some people, but we really do have a good grip on the thoughts that we have if we're just more intentional and we learn more about that. So that's all I want to say about that. And then we will totally expand more on mom guilt, but girlfriend, choose not to feel guilty. Choose to look at your life and go, I work and I have children and I'm a really good worker and I'm a really good mom and be present where you are when you're there. Okay. Next question. Um, she says ways and tips about stepping out of your comfort zone. This is my favorite because I'm actually really this is good your favorite? at this. Like, I'm so good at stepping out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah. You really are. This is like a skill that I have. So inspire us. So. Because that could just be like a gift. Like that's a No, seriously though, I really like this is something I'm really, really good at. That's fantastic. So um, let's help people some who steps. don't feel like that. Okay. So they're a gift. Yeah. First of all, um, there is no easy way. There's no like formula of like do A and B and then you're going to be brave and everything will be great. That's not how it is. Um, stepping outside your comfort zone is going to involve discomfort and probably fear. But you will. Oh, it for absolutely sure. Absolutely will. And I'm really yeah. good at this. Like I'm really good mm-hmm. at working. I'm I'm good at forward motion and moving forward when I'm afraid, mm-hmm. which is what stepping outside your comfort zone really is. It is. So how to start? Okay, start small. Think of something that scares you. Talking to a stranger at the grocery store. For some people, that would be really a scary thing. And you're going to set a goal, a small attainable goal of like, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm terrified and I'm going to talk to a stranger. That's really not that big of a deal. It's probably not going to impact your like overall trajectory of your life, but it's a small thing you're terrified to do. And then you're going to go to the grocery store and you're going to do it. Or one thing my husband one time challenged me to do was to sing a song really loud in the middle of a very public place that we were because we guys stop stop right now <laughs> becky has the most amazing singing voice 
So this could not possibly have been super scary for you. Of course it was scary for me. And we tease each other to do scary things like that all the time in public. All the time. Oh my gosh, you guys are nuts. All the time. In fact, we tease our children to do it too. And and he challenged me to sing, which of course I did because I want to win the like discomfort game with my husband. Duh, duh. But it's all about um the adjacent possible. So if you haven't if you haven't heard about this kind of line of thinking, the adjacent possible is things if you if you imagine your life as like a house, the adjacent possible is the room that you're currently in, right? And then when you bust through that adjacent possible you open another door and you now you're in that room so it's taking things step by step and when you start small when you do something small that helps you step outside your comfort zone you're utilizing your adjacent possible and that allows you to open the door to the next step does that make sense it makes sense to me, but I'm looking up. I want to see if, where did you learn about the adjacent possible? Um, so our friend Allison has um, a podcast we love. We've talked about a ton, The Allison Show. And she it's had. It's called Awesome with Allison. Awesome with Allison. Yeah. And she um, has an episode all about the adjacent possible. And there's I'm, lots of other ways to find out about the adjacent possible, but the way that she articulates it is really particularly helpful and we will link to that in the show notes just because if some of you are like wait what are you what yes. is becky proudfit talking about um i i can't put my finger on it right now but we'll put that in the show notes because yes. the adjacent possible and that concept that allison had learned about and then she shared on her podcast in the allison way because she's just such a mm-hmm. great teacher and an educator it's really really powerful it is. And, and basically, so, when you break it down, it's taking small steps with what you have, where you're at, that leads you to bigger and better things, right? Yep. So look at what you're afraid of. If you're in your comfort zone, take dip a toe. Dip a toe outside your comfort zone. If your comfort zone is um, keeping your head down and not talking to people, like I said, go to the grocery store, work through the fear, just do it, talk to someone. Mm-hmm. and then build upon that success. Mm-hmm. There's not one magical pill I wish there were to just give you the confidence to to step out of the zone. Right. Be very comfortable with fear. And once, you know, forward momentum breeds forward momentum. And so once you take that step, you're going to be able to do it. It really, it really it works that way. Practice breeds momentum with this. So mm-hmm. practice stepping outside your comfort zone. Just last week, I got um, a notification for an audition, which let me tell you, I haven't auditioned for something in like, 15 years like a really long time so how did you feel totally terrified and then I was like I don't even need this I don't even want to do this like all the reasons why I shouldn't do it and then I totally stopped myself and I was like doesn't even matter what the job is it matters that I'm terrified to do this and so because of that I'm going to do it like I'm going to do it because I'm so terrified and how did you feel afterwards I felt great I mean to be honest the audition was not like I didn't do super stellar because it had been a really long time and that was fine with me. That was not the point. The The point point was, is not to give into something I'm afraid of because I'm afraid. Right. And I think it was the opposite for you because of who you are. I think you looked at that as I'm scared. This terrifies me. So I'm going to do it. Yes. And I want to reiterate, that's not how most people probably feel, Becky. And so I think that's a, you know, and I know that that's a gift that you have, but our point is helping you to feel empowered, to make the choice, to take those opportunities and to take those risks, to feel scared. Cause that is getting out of your comfort zone. Like Becky said, it is consistency that breeds momentum. So if it's baby steps that you need to take with a, a, something that you're fearful of, 
do it on a regular basis. Yes. If, like talking to somebody at the grocery store is a great example of something small and attainable mm-hmm. that can get you pointed in the right direction. It and- can. And once you start, you don't, it's not that people aren't afraid. And the reason why I am so good at it now is because I've made a lot of little decisions to just like harness the power of my fear. Fear testifies of like good things. You just mm-hmm. have to be able to like push through it. I agree. Okay. I'm just going to add two, two quick things. Number one, I, I'm here to testify that real growth comes from being uncomfortable. So is that a ta- is that a tangible solution and an action item? No, it's a state of mind. I want you to think the next time you are scared about something, just look at that as a blessing. Like, because this is scary mm-hmm. and because I'm going to do it, I can't wait to see how I grow through this. Yes. So it's a mind shift. And the second thing I want to say is I want you to pretend that the thing you're scared of is the thing that a friend actually came to you and said she's scared of. Mm-hmm. And you're just her friend. Just talk out, say it out loud. Get in front of a mirror if you need to, or just be alone so that you don't feel embarrassed talking out loud. But say the things to the imaginary friend mm-hmm. that, that you would say to her. And then feel the words and the message for yourself. Feel them, hear yourself, apply them, move forward. Love it. You're a good friend. You, the listener, you are a good friend. And the things that you would say to somebody else are probably exactly what you need to hear. All right, next question. What are your bucket list items in life and how would you want to go about achieving them? What do you do when you feel like you are in a rut or hamster wheel season of life? So bucket list, hamster wheel, they're Let's start with bucket list. Okay, yeah, bucket list. So I think when... um not maybe uh, not now but in the past I think sometimes I was afraid to vocalize what I really wanted like pie Mm. in the sky dreams okay because and I talked about this before but what would happen if I like really gave it 100% showed up and then it didn't happen right that's a common fear it and so um I used to not like totally vocalize I would have like bucket list items in my head of like what um Mm. what I thought would be really fun to do or things I wanted to do uh and I wouldn't ever vocalize them or tell anybody and I would just kind of hope and work behind the scenes hoping that they would get done interesting yeah which was really silly because unless you put it out there the things you want um you're probably missing out on a lot of opportunities so are you ready to hear my bucket list I can't item? wait now I'm like I haven't even shared she, you're gonna die that I'm oh even gosh, sharing this okay so when I seat. when I was a little girl my dream job would have been to to be a talk show host okay like my friends and I used to do at one of my friends' house. We would sit and pretend to be talk show hosts oh, and like record gosh. ourselves. <laughs> Becky, yeah, <laughs> no, you don't even know. I gotta yes, find these videos. Know. Like I just love this full circle moment right now that we're recording a podcast and we are yes. hosting a show. Oh, I love it. What the heck? That was really a dream. Oh, totally a dream. Oh my! Gosh. And so the podcast really is that thing, right? Duh, like right? totally fulfilled that. Now, next step, bucket list item for me, and I'm just going to put this out in the universe. <laughs> I really want to do a TV show with you. Oh. Like, I really want to do a TV show with Becky. Okay. Can no, you believe I, I put you. that out there? Yep. I really do. I, I think okay. that would be really, really cool to do. So we didn't discuss these answers beforehand. No. Nope. So now I'm going to, you're throwing that on me, so I'm going to throw something back to you. Did that bucket list thought happen after you heard about my my dream about having a tv show no or have you always wanted to have it? always you've always wanted to have a t-shirt so it plays into the hosting a talk show it's that mm-hmm. same idea like it totally it totally like, plays into that whole thing as, it's as if it's something that should be happening in your life exactly i it, love it it logically feels to me like the next bucket list item oh my gosh 
you guys. I can't believe I even just said that I because I will tell you, talk about discomfort and like working through your fear. No. That is really scary for me to put it out there because who knows if it'll happen. Like if it's, you know, we as we work, it might happen. It might not. But mm-hmm. I'm putting it out there. I want to do a TV show with Becky Higgins. <laughs> the universe now has a good hold the on it. The universe knows. Listen, universe, you can just combine that to the things that I've already put out there about the TV show that I've had in mind for a few years. And and you, some of you listening aren't going to already know that, but some of you will because this is not I, for me. And I'm, not, I'm talking about me, not you, for a moment. Um, this is all about me, Becky. I was going to say, that was a little hard. <laughs> no. Was that your nice way of saying you want to do a TV show without me? Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I will never forget. No, I would love to do it with you. No, I will never forget. I, we, you know, we have this email that we send out to a lot of people, right? Our email list is really, really big. And, and most of you get that. If you don't, you should. BeckyHiggins.com forward slash subscribe. Just take the two seconds and give us your email address because I send an email about um a couple times a month lately you know it's it's so we're not invasive and and really lately it's become even more meaningful well anyway I don't remember if it was like it was probably like within the last year and I remember feeling so scared and so nervous about saying the words that I think I want to have a TV show in the mix of this long email. Like mm-hmm. it was a mention. It wasn't the point of the email. It was just mentioned. And I just remember thinking, I cannot believe that I'm saying this out loud because who aspires for that? And who am I, I to aspire for that? Well, that's like, the what? thing with bucket list items is that one of the defense mechanisms we have is we talk ourselves out of our dreams already and be like, who am I to even have the yeah. audacity to dream that way? Totally. That is such a defense mechanism. It like really you have is. every right and skill to dream and do any single thing you want to do, whether or not anyone thinks you can or not. I totally agree. And I'm really fascinated that you brought this up because we didn't know what each other was going to talk about, but it obviously was on my list as well. And we're going to go back to finishing your list, but let's just wrap up on the TV show thing. I just have to say this one thing for me, because it's probably different for both of us. For me, this was not something I aspired for as a child at all. And it wasn't something I aspired for in my career, not until in the last few years. And it, it was very, this dream kind of came about because of my individualized work with people and helping them to solve the problems they that, that, that they're facing within the realms of my profession and my expertise, which is documenting and memory keeping, photo organization, where the heck do I start with all of this? Like just people, every single person that I know feels overwhelmed and buried by that. And so a few years back, I started Project Photo Rescue and I did some YouTube videos and some Instagram lives and some things like that. And it made sense to me as I was doing that, that this would be the best TV show. Like this is such good content because everyone watching can learn from it. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to put that out there is that like, that was my vision, but I'll tell you what, Becky entering my life and us doing this podcast together, I think has opened up a whole new world to both of us mm-hmm. personally, individually and collectively. And so when, when we both, cause again, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. So I'm just telling you on the spot, I think both of us feel such an open heart and open mind about what that might be. It may be along the lines of the vision that I have. It may be totally unrelated, but for me, it's not wanting to be on TV. It's not wanting to be in the limelight. It's not the attention. In fact, it's the opposite of all that because that part makes me cringe. But it's what I have inside of me that I believe is supposed to be shared and that I feel can truly help people and bringing it to a place where it can reach a lot of people. That's where I'm coming from. For me, you know it's I mean? about being famous. No, I'm just kidding. It absolutely is not about that. 
love you so for me, much. it's about Let's it's about um, it's about the connection, which is something that I yes. feel like I'm I have a, a gift with is is connecting with people. Yeah. And so Absolutely. maybe, maybe look out for a TV show. Who you just knows? never know. We're you open to it. Know. Well, listen, the universe now knows. It's like so I official. can't even believe I just said that. Okay. I, I love it. Let's just seriously make this happen. Okay. Yes. What are the other things on your bucket list? And then okay. We'll so of course I have travel, travel bucket list items. My like top bucket list travel item right now is I really want to go to Africa mm-hmm. with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of slating that for a few years, but I really want to go to Africa and stay at Giraffe Manor. And then personal bucket list item. Okay, this is a personal one. Okay. Um, I want to, and I I feel like I have right now, and I constantly am working towards this. I always want to make sure that I have a marriage that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. I choose to be in my marriage, um, but there have totally been times, and I think my husband would say the same thing, that like, we were committed and working towards wanting to be, you know, better. But I want to always want to be in my marriage. That's awesome. And so that's something we're always working towards. Yeah, Because I want to be in my marriage. Yep. And I always want to feel that way. Have you heard how she feels about her husband? I love him She works so toward much. that feeling, guys. I do. It's, it is an actionable, intentional thing and a choice that I make yep. um, to see the best in my husband, to see the best in my marriage, and yeah. to make sure that I'm framing it in a way that I want to be there. I've never listed that on my bucket list. And let's be honest, I actually don't have a written bucket list. I'm just answering this question because somebody asked, but I I think that I would add that to mine. So thanks for inspiring me because to actually put that into words is I'm like, of course that's how I feel, but I hadn't thought of it as like a bucket list item. Yeah. I love that so much. Did you have anything else that you want to No, but I want to hear about your stuff. Well, you know, we talked about the TV show and that was, that was on my, you know, did you write that in your notes? Oh, it's right there. Shut your mouth. Right there on the left hand side. Look at this. I'm showing her my screen. And I'm showing you my screen. <laughs> we both just took a little bit of oh, time before I love we when we do that. And we both just kind of took a couple notes so that we could be articulate in what we wanted to say. But we purposely don't share these things with each right. other because we want the like authentic conversation to be on the show. Always. But I will, you, you guys would die how many times we write almost the exact same thing. I know. It's kind of freaky. It's awesome. It's a little bit freaky, but it's also really special. Okay. So um, I'll just mention aside from the TV show and aside from now my new bucket list item of the marriage. Um, but there's two other things. Um, this one I don't feel incredibly strongly passionately about, but it's just kind of like always been there in my mind. I, I want to write a 10th book. So I've written and published nine books and they are all related to documenting, memory, keeping, family history, card making, paper crafting, scrapbooking. It's all of that category. And my last book, my ninth book that I wrote when I was... Oh, I thought you were saying your 10th was your last. I'm like, don't even put a cap on it like that. No, no, no. My ninth book was with creating keepsakes. And so that was, I mean, a dozen years ago probably, right? And so it's been a long time. But I I feel like I'm a strong writer. I'm definitely a content creator. I have a lot to share. I feel like it is within me. And I know a lot of people have a goal, you too, you know, to, to write a book. That like, actually that's, is. I that's totally. I on didn't include list. that. You totally on my to bucket list, up. and that's um, in the works. Yes, it's in the works, and she's working hard on it. But for me, I it's not like this strong pull and this passion. It's more of like, I mean, I did nine, so I've got to do. Got to like, round it more. out. Got to round that out, right? And so my thought with that, just so you know, is it's definitely not anything like the books I the first nine books that I wrote it would be something completely different and I don't feel like my time is right the second but I feel like there's a very strong possibility that that will happen in my probably nearish future and um and that's all okay and then the last thing I was going to say is that I have a really this is a strong passion a really strong desire to serve service missions with my husband mm-hmm. and I say multiple because 
I think that that's extraordinarily possible. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, So I don't want to just say I want to serve a mission with my husband. But what I mean by that is, especially within our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, you know, our church is known for young missionaries that are out there, right? That are between 18 and 21 usually, right? Um, But I don't know if everyone knows that adults married adults especially in retirement but not it doesn't always wait until then but especially definitely in after you don't have young yeah, children yeah exactly um have the opportunity to go serve a mission anywhere in the world and there are so many different kinds of missions right mm-hmm. it could be humanitarian it could be medical it could be related to f- helping people with family history it could be related to helping others with leadership skills there are like a plethora a smorgasbord of mission opportunities and david and i have been planning and preparing including financially to be able to take that time away and to go and serve we just want to go and serve missions together and i don't know what that will look like or when exactly that will happen but we have those conversations and i think that to tie a bow on the topic of bucket list items sometimes it's nice to just dream and put your head in the clouds and sometimes it's really important to actually take the steps to plan and prepare. Yeah, to lay the groundwork. Absolutely. Missions are something, um, Taylor and I, too, we have talked about since our we're only going to be, I think, I mean, if our kids leave the house when they're 18, we're going to be 48 when our kids are gone, mm-hmm. which leaves us. What you going to do? S- <laughs> like, literally, because I actually really wanted to serve a mission when I was younger, younger. and uh-huh. just prayed about it and didn't feel like it was something I should do. Like, it right. just wasn't what was right for me at that time. Um, and then I met and married my husband. And so I always tell him that he was my mission. <laughs> anyway, I'm so excited Come on, to, to serve in, in, in yeah. when I'm a little bit older. And yeah. so that is going to be really super fun. And really, both of us have the potential to serve multiple if, yes. if, if that's something that's I right for us. I hope so. I hope that yeah. is what God has in store for us because I would love to do that. Yeah. All right. The next question is, would love to hear how you'll be organizing your new home. Okay, I'm going to keep this short and sweet, okay? So this is definitely a question. Um, I also want to know how you are planning on organizing my <laughs> master bedroom closet that you've promised to organize a few times. Oh, shoot. She's calling me out on something that I have promised. and I Several really, times. I really do need to do that. Okay, I still owe you a surprise organized master closet. Got it. Okay, it's not like okay. I have anything just, else going just on. I just wanted to put that, okay. Okay, to put that in there. Okay, here's the good news. I really think that by the time this episode comes don't even out. say it you guys this is what the sixth episode in a row that she's like by the time this airs i'll be in my home no, don't even I mean, say it no but okay so i won't but let's just let's just pretend at some point in the next year she will live in her new home okay i'm supposed to keep this so short and sweet here's what i want to say here's what i want to say is i don't know isn't that great it's so great. So I'm not, at the time of recording this, I'm not yet in the new house. And yes, I have a vision. And yes, I've you know been thinking about different ideas. But at the end of the day, really, do I really know until I get in that space? No, of course not. And so we're really, really excited to get in, unload boxes, take a nap, right? And just breathe and, and take a minute and just really exist in the space. And when we start existing in the space, and because I'm a very thoughtful organizer, meaning I like to think about it, I like to just stand there staring at a space. And really, that's where I put a lot of my creative energy. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see that come back to life. Why? 
because we've become so trunky, for lack of a better term, <laughs> in our current house for the She's last couple of years. She's just a little anxious to get I'm a little anxious into her new house for no, several you know years. No, how it is. Anyone totally. knows that when you're about to move, it's not like you're putting effort into the place that No, you're, you're like, we're leaving. What's yeah, the point? like you're checking out, yeah. right? And so my point is, is because that's been such a long process and it's been so drawn out, I feel like my creative energy, especially in the area of organization, home decor, things like that, Mark my word, it's about to explode. She's so. going to go bananas, y'all. She's going <laughs> to nest like nobody you have ever seen. I'm so excited. But I love that you bring up so that you're good. not having like this plan, even though you have meticulously planned how you think sure. the house is going to go. I love how you said you're going to get in the house first. Yes. Because really, the whole point of organization is to create space in your life, right? And so I love that you're going to be looking for those sticky points of like, okay, we need a better system here, or this would be a great way to totally. create a better flow in our home. And so it's not really about that external like organization, although that's wonderful. It's really more about what it creates in your life. And There's, I think you're being very smart with how you're approaching that in the new house. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say, here's what we're going to do is what we should do is point you to episode 30. It's organized like a boss. And Becky and I have a great conversation about all things organization related. So if you are interested more in that topic, definitely check out episode 30. And then also stay tuned on my Instagram, guys, because hashtag Higgins build. I'm happy to share. I always share. And as we get moved into the house and as I set up some organized corners and really think through with intention what this house is going to be and how we're going to utilize space. Yes, I'm like a good girlfriend who's going to share. So follow along along with the journey. Okay, next question. What is the greatest struggle you have had to overcome in your life? Oh Do you want to start this one off? Okay, me? Yes. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Clearing my throat must be must mean something. No. This is a big question though. It's a like big this question. is a really big question. Like we both had to just take a minute and mm-hmm. really think about this ahead of time to be sure that we were we were speaking about it sensitively. I'm going to, I'm going to, I could go on for hours about all the struggles. We all could all day long, but I don't want to actually go into storytelling mode. Here's what I want to say. Infertility is something that I haven't talked about a ton and not on purpose. It's just something that's so a part of my past and so a part of who makes me who I am, but it's not something I dwell in. I definitely don't use that as like a a thing, a marker, an identity point to describe who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I dealt with years of infertility. I I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it's 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 an issue and it causes fertility issues and it meant that for years we couldn't get pregnant. And was this the single most greatest struggle I've had to overcome in my life? You know, what's interesting about that question when she asked it, I I don't think I could pinpoint the one single thing. It's like saying, mm-hmm. what's the best moment of your life? Like, really? Like, I can't, there's no way I could say, like, right. that's the one. And so I want to answer it that way and saying, I'm not saying that the infertility struggle that we went through for years is the single most hardest thing I went through, but it it, it comes up. It's very much on the surface right now as I think about struggles because the the struggle was real and it was hard, but what's more important is how I navigated my way through that mm-hmm. and what I learned because of it. And one of the greatest blessings that came out of that experience is increased compassion for others, right? And I'm not talking about just for infertility. I mean just, man, guys, we can stand in an auditorium and look at every single person and I just could, I could look in every pair of eyes and feel their struggles because I went through things that, that no one would know about or that they did know about. 
and the struggle is real and I feel that with other humans in a way that I don't think I would otherwise and the other thing is like I really think that my appreciation for motherhood and having these children the three children that we were blessed with is like magnified because of the struggle I went through yeah magnified for myself I'm not saying more than other people right I'm saying I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much. You have a different perspective. So yeah. Yes, absolutely. And then the other, you know, just really high up there that I'm not going to expand upon, but in the episode about um, building a business, the story of BH, I think I touched on this and that's a good one to listen to. Like really, really good. I love that episode. Um, but we've, we've hit a lot of hurdles in our business, a ton. You can't be a small business owner and not like be slapped upside the head with struggles. But there was one in particular many years ago where really someone tried to totally take advantage and, and really kind of made it their mission to want to destroy us as a company. And it was the most gut-wrenching heart wrenching experience it was so so hard and yeah it was related to business but it got so super personal like on a very very deep level and that crushed me it crushed me and my husband and the greatest blessing that came out of that and again I'm not just trying to like make the glass look half full guys this is how I approach struggles I approach them with the realization and the recognition recognition that struggles and being just uncomfortable are where the strength happens it is where the growth happens and so I look at that and I think thank goodness we went through that because of what we learned and one of the things that I benefited the most from was becoming that much more unified with my husband because we prayed together we cried together we were angry together we found milestones together and we looked at this and troubleshooted through this together and so yeah really hard stuff I'll stop there but that's just two examples of what I would say in response to the question. How about you? So same thing. I, I've been through a lot of stuff. I've had a lot of stuff. Um, the common thread throughout all of it, because same thing, when I think about cancer or things with family or just a myriad of things I've been through, there's not one that sticks out as like the worst ever, Mm -hmm. but again, it's totally because of how I approached it. So if you like pull the common thread between all of those things, um, the hardest struggle I have overcome is becoming emotionally self-reliant. Mm. And I say that because during the midst of trials in my life, um, the one constant was me, right? Like I was the common denominator in all these situations. Correct. And I had to learn to become emotionally self-reliant, meaning I separate myself from my marriage. I separate myself from my family. I separate myself, um, not like physically or emotionally separate, but just kind of looking at me as, as a single entity separate from all those different hats that I wear. And I had to become emotionally self-reliant, meaning I did not, I had to learn to not rely upon or need, um, emotional validation anywhere else. And that is something I still work on. Um, I feel like I've come so far with that, but um, that kind of is a common thread between all the trials that I've had is becoming emotionally confident, self-reliant to being able to rely truly on myself and knowing that my strength comes from within. It doesn't have to come from anywhere else. Um, that has probably been the biggest struggle that I have overcome. That's massive. And the point that you made that I really like the most and really appreciate the most, Becky, is that you 
you are so honest about that this isn't a thing that you overcame, but that you're always working on overcoming. Right. It is a constant struggle. And don't we all battle with ourselves and the connection with ourselves and the Mm -hmm. relationship with ourselves. And so I've watched you grow exponentially, even in the last couple of years, the only couple of years that we've known each other. So I can Mm -hmm. only imagine what that looked like for you in your younger years. So Well, and if you think about it, I mean, being emotionally self-reliant isn't cutting off the world and like saying you don't need anybody. That's not what it is. It's just not defining how you exist in the world by by anyone else. It's knowing that you can overcome just using the tools that – God has given you absolutely within yourself I love that so so much okay we've got two questions is all left okay so this is good Mm -hmm. and these by the way man like we appreciate these These questions good ones these were really good questions and I and I just gotta say like when you ask these questions it it causes us to pause for a minute and think about them for ourselves which which I think just cultivates growth Mm-hmm. with us and so we would encourage you to think about these questions for yourself as well and in fact write them down because documenting hello always a good idea it's kind of the best all right two more questions this one is i'm struggling with chilling out over my giving my tween oh, yeah, giving my tween increasing amount of independence any tips or guidelines would be so appreciated i'm struggling with the balance between giving her confidence to spread her wings and being a sensible caring mom First of all, I love that she is outside of the U.S. because she says mom, not mom. That's kind of great. That is like my one regret with my marriage. Oh, that you don't. Is that he's not a Brit. Oh. I love him to death. (laughs) That's a regret? Well, I shouldn't say regret because you know I would never choose anyone else on the face of the planet but my husband. But if he also had... A British accent. It wouldn't hurt things. I'm Dude, here to tell you. That ya. is hilarious. Just wouldn't re- hurt. Just re-listen to the audio version of Essentialism so you can hear Greg McGowan. Like, Don't even. <laughs> I just pretend it's fantastic. my husband. Okay. All right. So the struggle, the struggle is real, right? You want to chill out more over giving your tweens some more independence. So I'll go ahead and just kick that off and just say, first of all, trust her. Trust her. Yeah, she's going to maybe give you a few reasons here and there to to make you feel less trusting. But who is that serving? I, right. I would encourage you to trust your children more than you feel naturally inclined to. Let them make mistakes. Let them make the mistakes. That is exactly where they're going to grow and learn. That's exactly how it's going to happen. And Becky has done such a good job talking about this over the, you know, the, the course of the podcast about how her worth is not connected directly to the choices that her children makes. Like how, how great is that to realize that, to feel it, and to let that impact who you are as an individual. Another thought that comes to my mind is, and I've had to learn this, and I've learned it over and over, but I learned it really young as a mom um, because of a book that I read called Love and Logic. We referenced it. I'm referencing I love, it love, again. I love Love and Logic. Do you love Love and Logic? I do. This is totally the parenting um, it's the best strategy, I guess you would call, that mm-hmm. Taylor and I have done with our kids. No, guys, it's like the best for real it should be required reading for parents and the main takeaway that I still think about all the time and I bring up love and logic in fact I I tease my husband sometimes like dude I understand that you haven't read love and logic but let me remind you of the principles David hasn't read love and logic (laughs) no he hasn't Listen, he's a big reader. He reads. I'm going to have Taylor give it to him for Father's Day. Oh, there you go. That's a good idea. So the thing is, is where it's really helped me is to not overreact about situations, about bad news that you find out, or something that you discover about your child, or your reaction to them should not ever be to overreact. Like it just 
shouldn't be. And there's reasons why we're not going to go into that topic specifically, but read the dang book and it will be the most enlightening thing ever. I'm almost done, Beck. Oh, you're fine. Okay. Not because you were giving me a look, but I just felt like I could go on and on and on about that. Oh, me too. Give your child space to talk. Sometimes we jump in guilty, my hands up in the air. Sometimes we just jump in so quickly and we feel like we've got the answers or the solutions or the lecture or the thing that they've got to hear. But man, I'm telling you, once in a while, we need to back off. And when I say silence and space, I mean literal silence, literal space. Like let them feel quiet and be quiet. And I swear to you, if you give it a minute, then they will actually start talking. And that leads me to the last point I was going to make. We pointed to Love and Logic. I'm going to point you to one more resource, and we've mentioned it before, but Light the Fight is a podcast that is such a great parenting resource that has truly helped me to think more intentionally about the dialogue and the interaction and the communication that I have, not just with my own kids, but with other people's kids, the other kids in my life that I care about. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I think that a lot of our thoughts are very aligned with this, um, and I am going Shocking. through this in a big way right now, not knowing the balance of like how much freedom to give them and how much to to keep them to keep them safe, really, and to mm-hmm. keep them protected. Um, I think that I will become the voice in my children's head, and I think as a society, we are getting to a place of keep them safe, keep them safe, keep them safe. The problem with that is, is I think, and what I have as I've talked to my kids, when I am being, I'll just say overbearing. Yeah. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean like in a, I know best and I'm going to keep you safe way. Yeah. Um, the voice in their head, even if I'm not saying it, is that they're not capable of making good decisions. And of course, I would never say that to my kids, but that is what I am showing them is I don't feel that you are capable of making good decisions. That being said, with giving freedom, they're going to fail. But I'm not sure where parenting changed, where failure became a really bad thing. Right. Because that perfect thing, like you were saying, we want to jump in because we do know the right thing to say. We've already learned the lesson. We we know what could help them because it helped us. But the question I'll ask is, how do you know that that, how did you learn that? Probably because you failed. And when you failed, you were able to learn the lessons that we so badly want to give them. But really, sometimes they just need to fail. I would encourage you to give them a little bit more independence than what you're comfortable with because I don't think anyone's ever comfortable with it, Hmm. right? You have to push beyond what you're comfortable and remember that our job is to help them to fail safely, to fail safely so that they can grow and learn and become who they need to become. I love what you said too, actually, how trusting them more than probably they deserve is really the better way to go. It serves them better. It serves you better. It's just a better way. And it I think. feels better. It does feel better. I when I when I choose to trust my children, it just in my heart of hearts, it feels good. It feels mm-hmm. good. The other thing I'm going to add too, and this was what I wrote down, was demonstrate confidence in yourself and demonstrate confidence confidence in your kids. Make sure that as a parent, you are not constantly vocally second guessing yourself in front of your children. Like you need to model for them what confidence and what moving forward in a in a positive and healthy way looks like, so that they have a reference when they need to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So pointing out their small attainable victories. We talked about this in a past episode about how self-esteem is built on these, like them having success with small attainable goals. So don't let any small attainable goal um, that they are accomplishing 
pass by, right? If you give them a little freedom and they don't make a mistake, let's highlight that more than the like one out of 10 times they're going to make the mistake. Highlight the nine. Say, you know what? I really appreciated how you were strong in that. That couldn't have been easy for you to stand up and and do the right thing in that situation. And that was really inspiring for me. So thank you. Um, So highlight, highlight the victories and don't just highlight the failures that are going to come. Like part of freedom is failure and it's okay. It is okay. Yeah. It is stinking okay. And it's good. It's very good. And it's part of the it's part of the journey. All right, last question. How do you redefine your passion in the midst of a valley of changes? First of all, I love your articulation. Right. That was beautiful. That was a really great way to ask a right. question. Yeah, I love that. You wanna go first? I think that passion um doesn't need to be defined. And I think any time that I step back and examine am I doing X, Y, or Z because it's what I've always done? Or is this still something that is right for me right now? Um, Is a really healthy exercise because we fall into patterns. We do things because they've always worked. um, Or even because it's what the world expects of us, right? Um, For instance, I don't know if I decided I was passionate about being a mime if the world would accept that and be like, (laughs) cool with that, because that's not something I've ever done before. That's not, you know, I'm a talker. I'm a content creator. That's what I do. Um, But I think anytime you can bust yourself out of like what you've always done and, and examine if that's what you're really passionate about without the pressure of having to define it, like you can be passionate about every single thing you want to and nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And different things. And it's okay to just not know. And constantly change. Constantly. You you constantly change. As human beings, we constantly evolve. Whether or not the things we do follow along with us is another story, Mm -hmm. right? But the constant evolution is really, it happens and it's amazing. Yeah. So taking taking that step back to examine has been really helpful for me. I love that. Okay. So in true BH fashion, I'm going to give you a three-point bullet list. Yes, she is. I'm going to go out on a list note, guys, because that's how I feel. All right. So number one, let go of control. Oh, amen. All the amens. Right? Okay. If you hear wrestling in the background, I'm sorry. I, want I you just to know. got a little uncomfortable. I just want you to know. That was that me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> that Becky's making noise. Okay. So speaking of letting go of control. Speaking of. <laughs> you guys. So listen, I'm a recovering control freak. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. That's part of where my anxiety has stemmed. And so I'm actually, I'm laughing at myself, obviously, but also I'm completely serious that this is something that I am really working through when I'm in my own, we're calling it Valley of Changes. I'm going through so many changes right now and I am embracing it and I am really honoring this season so, so much. And part of that is to let go of control because in the past, what that has looked like is really feeling like I not only had to have control but that I could have control I Mm. could control how things were going in my family I could control how things were happening with the business I could control this or that right yeah and if you really want to redefine your passion or really figure out kind of your purpose or whatever you know whatever those words ring true for you Mm -hmm. let go of control let go of control because and that actually points into number two number two be open (sighs) I cannot express enough how much openness has meant to me, especially recently. And they do tie into one another. But what being open means for me is, um, you know, I know everybody's not like necessarily religious or of the same, you know, belief system or whatever. But for my personal experience, I, I have to pray. Mm-hmm. My open dialogue with God is so 
so crucial to my ability to understand where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's constant. It's consistent. It's every day. It's in the car. It's on my knees. It's in the closet. You know, like Mm -hmm. I pray a lot and I really want to align my will with God's will for me. And because of that, I have to be open. So if I'm just saying prayers and I just close my mind, then I'm doing it in vain. Right. And so I'm, when I say be open, it doesn't have to look like prayer or, you know, faith, but I want you to keep an open heart and an open mind to possibility. Becky and I both, this whole podcast thing, guys, it was not a strategy and a plan for years and years, right? Like it was a thing, listen to episode one. It was a, a very, a very inspired thing, initiative. And it was inspired the way it was done, when it was done, with whom it was done. And that's an example to openness. I was going through an extraordinarily stressful anxiety-ridden time when this was inspired. And if I would have been closed off and and controlling, going back to number one, Mm -hmm. if I would have controlled and said, nope, logic says, nope, this does not make sense. We do not start a podcast when the business is having a hard time or when this hard thing is going on or whatever. But instead, I was open and the blessings that have come because of, I'm giving one example of the podcast, are unspeakable right? Like it's just incredible. And so I think that we need to be open. And then the third thing is to honor the season that you're in, like a season of change, season of transition, whatever you want to call it, honor the season with space and with time. Give it a minute. Mm -hmm. Let there be stillness. Let yourself be transitional. Let yourself evolve, but honor it also. Not just, oh, here's where I am and I can't wait to get out. Do not wish away the present. Do not wish away what is right in front of you. Do not wish away the struggle. Struggles are going to happen no matter what. But instead, be mindful and even prayerful that the struggle that you're in or the season of change that you're in or the transition that feels so uncomfortable right now, be mindful and thoughtful and intentional that while you're in that, you're cultivating the life that you want because of your outlook on the experience. Mm -hmm. That's my bullet point list. I love that list. It's short. No, that's a great. Well, thanks. I ditto. Thanks. Just ditto to all of the above. Ditto to all that you shared. Ditto to a lot of the thoughts that you, dear listener, are having. As always, when we share here on the podcast, it is so important, more important than what we're saying. It's important for you to tap into the feelings that you're having, the impressions Mm -hmm. that are coming into your mind and into your heart. And really, really taking a hold of that. Write things down. If the impressions are strong enough that you know you cannot lose the grip on that, get a pen the second you have a chance and write it down. Put it in the notes of your phone or whatever that looks like for you so that you can hold on to that and really let that be another feather in your hat to cultivating the good life that you want and deserve. Okay, on that note, we sure love you. We are so so grateful not only that you're here listening each week but that you are going out of your way to mention the podcast to a friend to sharing it on your social media to leaving a review on itunes like anything that you're doing to help us spread the word about these messages that we feel are helpful and instrumental and empowering for those who listen means the world to us so thank you for being a part of the community Thanks for the person that you are. And we wish you all the very best as you continue to cultivate the very best possible life. Okay, we will be with you guys next week. Bye-bye.
it's fine. Did you just smack yourself? <laughs> Did you straight knock yourself out? Literally what happened is I ripped my ear off. It's not a big deal. Your earring? My ear. My ear just detached from my head. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I think that you need your ear. I mean, it's fine. It's convenient to have. Can't grow another one of those. You're not a starfish, Rebecca. This is Cultivate a Good Life. I tried to skip the A2 fast. Cultivate a Good Life. This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 41. <laughs> yes? Sorry. I almost had a moment of like wanting to say, can you believe that? But that's, it's not a landmark. No, it's not. Episode. I know, but I just felt the excitement, so that's all. Okay. Okay. Are you not excited? I'm totally excited.